Hi everyone, I'm Katie Knight and welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. This week's episode is with the wonderful Joe Little. Joe used to live the high life in the non-stop fast-paced world of event and musical festival production. She worked hard and played harder for long days and longer nights until in a heartbeat her world turned upside down as the aneurysm she had unknowingly harbored in the center of her brain ruptured putting her deep into a coma where she fought to stay alive for six weeks. Learning to walk, talk and swallow was just the start, but the hardest battle was working to regain her cognitive function. She problem solved her health like she would have in event production, and it was through being in touch with her creativity that she became most alive. Jo now works with other people in the creative industry and our tides, cycles and rhythms to help us find the still point in the center of the storm learning how our bodies adapt through breath, movement and intention. So um, I started gathering people with the kind of intention of like, how can we like look after ourselves and really look at health as kind of like a creative act and that it's like a social thing and be supportive and like, you know, nourishing ourselves. In this episode, we talk about Joe's incredible story and about creative cleansing. Enjoy. This is Joe Little on Can You Put Me on Guest List. Joe, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am taken away by these views right now. Oh. They are. Inc- I wish people could actually see what I'm looking at right now with the Hollywood sign, <laughs> these incredible views. How beautiful to wake up to this every day. I know. I'm so lucky. I can't even tell you. I wake up every morning and pinch myself and be like, oh my God. Oh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. You've been here for how long did you say? Eight years? Eight years. Yeah. Wow. We, we moved in Coachella weekend eight years ago, actually. Oh, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah. Thank you for coming. So I've read a lot about um, your story and your journey and so so interesting so I'm really really excited to have a chat with you today. Can we just start off just by talking a little bit about um, your beginnings and what you used to do in music and your the beginnings of your career? Yes of course yeah Um, so I started working in dance music in the sort of like mid 90s um, I started off at a company called World Dance, if you remember World Dance, if you had the cassette tapes <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, World Dance and AWOL, um, so sort of like more sort of drum and bass sort of side of things. Um, we used to do big sort of 8,000 capacity parties down in a big aircraft hangar at Lid International Airport. Wow. Yeah, it was quite fun. <gasps> um, and then went on to work for the Ministry of Sound, used to do a lot of their sort of big festivals, anything that they used to do, sort of over 10,000 people. So I did like Nebworth with them and um, all their events at the Dome, New Year's Eve events at the Dome, which was good fun. Amazing. Um, so yeah, it was more sort of big spectacular one-offs and um, very much based in, in the old the old rave days. And then you went into um, tour managing as well, you told me before? Yeah, I took a, I actually took a sidestep and did all the Bacardi B bars at the festivals um, okay. for about three years. Um, went to a whole host of different festivals and sort of managed that sort of experiential marketing thing and went down that road and sort of little adventure down there and I was almost very much into 
dance music but I loved doing like big shows so I was always kind of like pulled towards like you know this small budget stuff that's more my kind of like energy the things that I love which is more kind of underground um but then wanting to put on these like huge shows which was kind of like my my passion for creating and building something so I kind of like danced back and forth between the two of those Um, so yeah and then you sadly had an injury. Yes. Um, you said to me in 2000? 2011. 2011? Yes. Can you explain a little bit about what happened? Yes. Um, so a month after Burning Man um, in 2011, I was kind of like little signals that things that year weren't exactly how I wanted them to be or was like there was just funny energy that year and then um, I was at a friend's house um, watching a YouTube video and I felt something pop um, and I uh, thought oh this is this is something different and I m- made my way to the sofa and just started screaming um, call 911 and I knew that something was really seriously wrong I was uh, burning up and being sick and I knew that I was, I felt like I was dying. So um, I was screaming and asked, she called my husband. Um, My husband was, strangely enough, that night having dinner with a brain surgeon. Oh. um, Randomly. And all the way through dinner. How strange. I know, right? Very, very strange. And all the way through dinner, he kept telling uh, my husband, oh, if anybody ever has any problems, go to Cedars Sinai, that's the place. And we're closer to another hospital, but he took me there because of what had been said over dinner. And when they, when I went in, they thought I had um, bacterial meningitis, so they gave me antibiotics and gave me a CAT scan. And then, sort of like ten minutes later, a woman came screaming in uh, ruptured aneurysm, and um, like the doctors just descended upon me and uh, took my husband away, and they operated on me in ER. And seven hours later, they came and gave my husband back uh, our wedding rings and said that I wouldn't, very likely that I would not survive. And um, did he want to see a priest? Oh, my goodness. And he said, no, I want to see my wife. And um, I was in and out of, I was in a coma for six weeks where I kind of went through a whole host of other complications. Um... And yeah, woke up six weeks later, uh, severely brain damaged. And what were the next steps after that? Um, coming home was a big, a big deal for me. Here in LA. Here in LA, like I'm lucky that I was in LA. I think I got the most incredible scientific, like sci-fi based medical care. I mean, these guys are amazing. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that somebody paid attention at school. Um, (laughs) 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 And not everybody Uh, wanted to just go out partying all the time. (laughs) Somebody actually did study. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then I had paralyzed vocal cords. So uh, learning to swallow and talk and um, use my body again was... A slow, laborious task over the following years. 
I can imagine. Yeah. Obviously, you had people around you that were helping you. Yeah. What were the steps? um, Speech and swallow therapy were like my number ones. Um, And I had a lot of uh, atrophy in my body, a lot of difficulty, like pain-wise, things like that. So some physical therapy. Um, I had this amazing guy who was my... um, uh, one of my neighbours who and a, and a dear friend. He's like, he's like seventy six years old, and his mum was in his nineties, and they used to do like qigong by the pool every day. <laughs> and he became my carer, and he's just like such a sweet soul. So he like taught me a lot of like qigong. He was a shiatsu masseuse and a macrobiotic chef. So and he was just like a dear friend, and he ended up being my carer for um, for about eight months oh wow I was very lucky to have him and um yeah a whole host of different things that have sort of helped me to get back to where I where I am today so where is it where you're at today yeah I know I asked you a little bit before but I wanted to save it all for the podcast can you explain a little bit what you do now and what has changed in your life since the injury yes yeah so um obviously the nervous systems of the body are a deep fascination of mine um, I sort of annihilated my central nervous system with the ruptured aneurysm. And then um, having not eaten for four months and just the amount of antibiotics and like drugs that they gave me in hospital, I kind of like wiped out my microbiome or enteric nervous system or, you know, like my second brain, my gut brain. Um, and then had a lot of like trauma in my body, a lot of like PTSD and a lot of like from a lot of the surgeries uh difficulties with my like peripheral or my my somatic nervous system so you know when people say like what what one thing did you do and I didn't do one thing I did many different things and we're not you know a linear thing we're not a machine that has a line we're a more of a web that has like lots of different parts to it so um working with the nervous systems of the body through body work um and qigong and breathing and then I work with the enteric nervous systems through like cleansing I've done a lot of cleansing over the years uh, which I'll talk about later yeah um and then really like working with people's central nervous systems through creativity and um lots of different like careful questioning processes and and a lot of the people you work with in the creative industry yes so a lot of musicians yes yeah, so it's sort of more, I mean, in the middle of Hollywood, so a lot more sort of like yeah. actresses, singers, musicians, you know, roadies as well. I have so many friends of mine that um, work in whether they be lighting designers, you know, video directors mm-hmm. or like things like that. People that are on the road for a bit, living that kind of intense life and then they have some space in between. I like to work with, you know, I always try and, you know, we're always looking like for the perfect formula and try and keep this like constant and I one of my things is working with people's rhythms so helping people to understand that it's not a static state okay and so like we go through these like cycles rhythms or tides and um that it's okay to go through these like cycles um but like knowing that it's more of a spiral like every time you come back to the same place you're maybe a little bit higher than you were next time and again and again and that that's okay. It's like it's not we're not trying to be perfect all the time. We're trying to kind of like work with this ebb and flow in life and just learn how to become one with it as opposed to try and control it. 
it's great as well because obviously um from your background you were in in the music industry you did a lot as well and you were on the road a lot as well you told me before so yes. does that make it a lot easier for you to understand um other people that are in the creative industry and other musicians djs actors because they kind of had that kind of same lifestyle as you had before yeah yeah i mean i know what it's like to be on the road um and it's like trying to tell people all you've got to do is and it's like well you know i know what it's like because it's you're on the bus you know you finish yeah. the gig and you get like you know all the beers and the pizzas and the tequila delivered and everybody's like <laughs> you know you know in the back room and you know, it kind of you go through all those phases and what it's like to be, you know, at the club three nights a week at the weekend and then traveling constantly. It's like trying to trying to make the best out of the situation and not trying to kind of live rigidly. It is hard though. Like I don't think some people realise how much it is, especially for DJs or tour managers that travel the world. And I honestly don't know how, how some of them do it sometimes because I'm, I'm out two days in a row and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. So for some people to always be on the road constantly and then in the studio and then you're at a nightclub, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I don't pe think a lot of people actually do realise that. No, I think people think it's like one big party. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's so not. It's yeah. Like, it's, I mean, the, the last thing that you want to do when you're exhausted and maybe you're not feeling too well is have to, like, get off a plane, have two hours sleep so that you can then get up in the middle of the night and go to somewhere where everybody's, <sighs> like, on super high energy and you're maybe not feeling that well. Yeah. Um, and you just have to, like, power through it and put your best face on. And it's like doing that relentlessly can really sort of wear you down after a while. Yeah. So I definitely understand that side of things. So there was a quote that I saw on your website, um, which I love, by the way, you had some really interesting bits on there that was creativity is an energy, not a talent. Can you explain that a little bit further? Yeah. Um, so it took me a while to distill that <laughs> down to I like love it. what I wanted to say. And I really love sayings. If you've ever been to my house and see my kitchen, you'll see all of my little sayings <laughs> all over the place. I did see them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started to realize that um, the one thing that was, you know, I was quite regimented in my recovery and I was almost a little bit like militant about doing my swallow exercises, my physical therapy and all this kind of stuff. And it sort of started to grind me down after a while. And then when I started to become more playful and more creative with things, I sort of started to feel my energy pick back up again. And I realized that um, creativity is like, it's, it's not like people think, oh, I'm not creative. But I mean, you get up in the morning, you make yourself breakfast, you know, you arrange your house, you put your clothes on, you make infinite amount of like, uh, you know, cells in your body are like making processes all the time. You are by nature a creative force. And, you know, nature in, a, in and of itself is a creative energy. You know, we talk about the, um, the act of creation. We talk about um, to actually make or create something is not something artistic like people have have confused artistry with creativity yeah they think that in order to do something creative they have to sing a beautiful song paint a beautiful picture write a poem but that's just that's artistry and that's beautiful 
And then there's creativity as well, which is like the alchemical force of the universe. And so if we can kind of tap into that and we can kind of like think about what we're creating in life, what are we really like bringing forth in ourselves? And I started to use creativity as a way of like healing in myself to kind of like use it for visualization in my meditations to kind of like bring this kind of like energy to everything that I did, like whether it be cooking, whether it be like just the simplest of tasks around the home, um, bringing that element of creativity which I missed so much from yes. like being in a in the creative industries and then being at home and housebound. I was like, I wanted the thing that I missed the most was creativity. Yeah. And so um, I started using creativity to like make these beautiful salads, these saladalas, um, and really sort of like bringing in that energy into everything that I I did. And I had this this other thought. You know, everybody talks about like gratitude is the attitude. Right? You've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just be grateful. Oh, and yeah. Like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and that's brilliant. And I agree. I think having a strong, grounded, like, sense of um, gratitude in your life is definitely something that's going to open you up. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that um, gratitude is almost like um, an inhalation. So it's like you, like, you breathe in, like, hmm. You're so grateful, you're taking everything in, you're receiving, you're receiving. Yeah. And then I feel like creativity is like an exhalation. So yes. it's like what you put out into the world. I like that. And so like you can't just like, if you just breathe in, just breathe in, just breathe in, you won't survive. You actually yeah. have to breathe out again. You have to like let go. You have to like give out into the world. So like creativity is like an energy that we use to kind of like um, come forth into the world and so yeah I looked at um, gratitude and creativity as like an inhalation and an exhalation that's beautiful I really really like that Thank it's you. something definitely to think about and just so just talking about creativity again for people that do ever think I'm not creative what would you say to them or what tips would you give them to to maybe enhance their creativity or to make them feel more creative um i would say like daydreaming is a really good one mm -hmm. um i think that daydreaming people are told like oh especially you know especially us creative ones who probably spent most of the time in the classroom looking out the window daydreaming <laughs> <laughs> oh yes and got told off for it yeah and we were imagining these incredibly wild, interesting lives and imagining the universe and all of these things. And daydreaming was a part of our creative process. Yeah. It was like something that we did to kind of like fuel um, our sense of dreaming. And so like if we can dream it and we can believe it, then we can bring it into, bring it into our lives. And so like I would say daydreaming is a, a really good way to start doing good thoughts, like imagining uh, nice realities for yourself, mm -hmm. um, I would say is a good place to start. And, and I would say really playful, um, childish ways of being okay. is also another nice thing to do. Like whether it be, you know, doodling, you know, yeah. drawing, like I liked to draw mandalas. 
or um, you know, like painting or playing with your food. Playing with your food. Playing with your food. You yeah. mean like creating be- like beautiful different dishes in that kind of way? Yeah. Or you mean playing with your food? Um, both. both. <laughs> 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 I used to stop, Katie, stop playing with your food and eat it. No, start <laughs> playing with your food and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, especially even I've just come back from um, uh, a health um, a personal health retreat at True North, which is a water fasting facility. And they did like five days of uh, refeeding and they have like a buffet. And so everyone would just be like piling everything on their plate. And I would be like putting something in the middle and then just arranging everything on my plate so that it looked like, uh, like pleasing for me. And it felt like I'd participated in my own food. So, yeah. Ah, I like that. Nice. I'm definitely going to try that. I'm going to try that tonight when I have my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So um, going back to obviously this this podcast is a lot about um, uh, people that work in the music industry and um, people that are on the road and have a bit of a crazy lifestyle. So what tips would you stay, would you give to people that do live a lifestyle that is on the road and it's very quick and one day we're here one day we're there one day we're in Australia the next day we're in Ireland you know what kind of tips could you give people to stay focused and clear-minded whilst they're on the road yeah um so first off just acknowledging that like you're in this like crazy time at the moment and that this is like you're out there in the world like you know being busy time and like if you just step back from the hole and then sort of like being able to like a, as a wider rhythm, like knowing that you're going through this crazy time and then when you come off the road, not not um, scheduling like something crazy as soon as you get off the road, but like having some you time at the end of it to recalibrate, to go inside, to have some you time space um, on a sort of like bigger scale. And then also like, on a sort of like shorter scale, like making sure on your um, off days that you have some time to kind of like get into nature or connect or just like be on your own and have some space where you can kind of, um, whether it be like, you know, you're in Australia, you get to go to the beach or go to some nice places. Um, And then on a daily level, I would really encourage people just to have some kind of like grounding routine that brings them into like some kind of rhythm every day um, that can look and like a number of different things um, it doesn't have to be that you wake up in the morning and do your breathing exercises although breathing exercises are incredible and I strongly <laughs> <laughs> encourage them um, but it might be that you always have a special tea and like you bring your tea with you wherever you go and that that tea kind of like centers you in the morning um could be like a really beautiful green tea that you have from japan and you feel like really special like you're coming home to yourself each day and it's just something that's helping you to like ground yourself in your rhythm um whether it be having something that you like a little table in your room that you kind of like set up a certain way that makes you feel like you know like oh i'm here but I'm still have a little bit of like my home like set out that kind of like makes me feel grounded in my hotel room each time I land. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then having like um, a sort of bank of little exercises that help you get back in your body, like definitely like legs up the wall after <laughs> after a long <laughs> flight. Slight, yeah, you know, and having a few different uh, routines that you like doing. We were talking before we started the podcast about how <coughs> sometimes we can go from these massive festivals, big tours, and then to all of a sudden just going back home and doing nothing. So there's a big a big difference, a bit of a roller coaster. Yes. How can that affect us, do you think? Um, how does it affect us? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think lots of people get like post-gig blues. You know, you're out there with lots of people all the time. You're constantly moving. You don't have much time for yourself. You're on the go and um, you're kind of in for want of a better term, uh, like a sympathetic nervous state, which is your fight or flight response. You're on go, go, go. And then all of a sudden you have the rug pulled out from underneath you and there's stillness. And you're trying to fill that time, that space. And it can feel a bit disorientating at time, at times. So um, finding ways to kind of like integrate and process um, everything that's kind of gone on through that section of time. Um, whether it be like, you know, getting some good body work or again, like having your routine that you then extend and you grow. Um, so like maybe when you're on the road, maybe you have like wake up in the morning and you do like five minutes of breathing exercises. And then when you come home, maybe you, you start to learn a little bit more and extend it some more or having some time just to detox and actually just say like, I'm gonna let go, I'm gonna shed some of the stuff that kind of I've accumulated. Yeah. How often do you think people should detox? Or is every person different? Um, every person's different. I mean, I personally, like I would say, um, I cleanse with the seasons. Um, I cleanse for different reasons. Sometimes I'll do, you know, uh, a period of time of, um, uh, cleansing once a month for a reason um, but I think that everybody should at least cleanse with the seasons four times a year um, just to kind of uh, help you orientate yourself I mean the difficult thing about traveling is you're in so many different climates all the time it can be quite disorientating and the time zones and time zones <laughs> so difficult but if you can like bring yourself back to the place that is your home and you can ground yourself in the changing of the seasons um, I think that's really important. Someone once said to me, you know, aren't you done cleansing? Like, when, when you, you know, didn't you just do a cleanse? Aren't you, aren't you clean now? And I was like, hmm, mm. yeah, did you shower today? <laughs> didn't you shower yesterday? <laughs> so yeah. true. Uh, we accumulate, we build up, we let go. It's all, all part of it. Can you explain a little bit further um, creative cleansing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I was actually doing a cleanse month for 18 months um, when I, like, during my recovery. How long do these cleanses last for? Sorry. Um, they weren't long. It was kind of like a three day, okay. between three to five days. Um, and it was like a, a host of sort of like juices and broths and things. Um and then with, so it's like three days liquid and then a day either side with um, like super clean um, eating. And um, not that I wasn't super clean 
eating <laughs> on the regular. Um, but yeah, I was going through these rhythms like once a month and then people would start jumping on saying, oh, can I cleanse with you this month? And, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I, I can't do my, me and you at the same time. Um, so I started to like host them. And really what I wanted to do was bring people into community around cleansing and wellness. And, you know, like we have such a strong, incredible community in dance music. Yes, like we do. <laughs> it's like there's this amazing global family where no matter where you go, you're one degree of separation from like some, someone. You meet someone and you're bound to know like at least five people that they know. Yeah, so true. And um, and we celebrate in such a great way, and it's like such high energy and so much fun. And after everything that happened, I really missed that that sort of community vibe, and I really wanted to have my friends around me. And um, but I just wasn't it wasn't available to me to be, you know, back in back the scene. scene. Yeah. So um, I started gathering people with the kind of intention of like, how can we like look after ourselves and really look at health as kind of like a creative act and that it's like a social thing and be supportive and like, you know, nourishing ourselves. And so I do these like one day, four day and seven day cleanses um, here at the studio and, and also at some other locations. And um, it's really a whole sort of mind, body, spirit program so it's it's about working with the different nervous systems of the body, obviously, like the nutritional side of things, like cleansing the enteric nervous system or gut brain, and really helping to stabilize, you know, people's like blood sugar levels and hormones through um, through diet, and then um, working with people's like like peripheral somatic nervous system through like qigong and um, different movement-based exercises, um, much more based in Chinese medicine than Ayurvedic, personally, and working with um, the central nervous system through creative processes, writing, um, like curious questioning, and really kind of like bringing together a community that can kind of support one another and help to explore health in a more kind of sociable way. And how long have you been doing this for now? Um, I did my first cleanse, actually, like first group cleanse for Damien Lazarus. Oh, me. wow. Yeah, back in 2013 um, with a bunch of people at uh, my cabin in the mountains. And so I've been doing it since then, but pretty much um, on the regular since uh, 2016. So do you feel like you have created that community now? I believe I've planted some seeds and I, I can see them so. sprouting. <laughs> I definitely think you have. It's so nice because I was thinking before as well, there really is nothing like this either. I really feel like you're one of the first people to create something like this, especially with people in the, in the dance music or creative industry. So it's, it's really lovely what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I um, during my recovery, I was um, going a lot into the sort of yoga studios of Hollywood and... Um, and I had all these ideas and I was also going to a lot of like um, deep cleansing retreats like the Optimum Health Institute and I just got back from True North. Um, and I realized that I really wanted to bring like cleansing as a, as a community. 
and I realized I didn't really fit in in, in with the, the the sort of yoga scene. They they weren't my people. Yeah. Um, and I didn't speak the same language as them, and I didn't feel like I resonated with like that community. And I realized that I really missed my my family, my my friends, my crew. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? Like, who doesn't need cleansing in that lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I bet it's fun as well to get everybody together, and especially if you're like-minded people. Totally. Right. You know? So we can all be a little bit more honest about, you know, I'm not trying to be this, oh, I'm perfect and clean and, like, I've got this, you know, rainbow coming out my bottom. <laughs> like. <laughs> Do you still um, enjoy music in the same way as you did before? 100%. Good. Yeah. I think I would say, um, where would I be without moving my body? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, like still put on mixes and, you know, dance around my, my studio or my living room. I still dance a lot. I still come out to parties and see my friends play. Don't stay quite so late. Generally don't make it to the after party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great that you still go out, have fun, enjoy it. 100%. 100%. Never, never, never not going to do that. What are your next steps? What else? Is there anything else that you have in mind? For the meantime, I'm really focusing on creative cleansing. Yeah. Um, like, I really want to build um, the studio and I really want to, like, help people to integrate um, meditation as a way of being in life. So it's not like in a monastic view of, like, Zen Buddhists like still do nothing like um, doing like the Saladala workshops which is like a mixture of cooking, art and meditation all in one and the one-on-ones are really um, I'm developing like having programs with people where they're taking them through like if they're you know going through a process during like after they come back from touring or something like that or after they finish a movie um, so yeah, definitely that side of things. Joe, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been so interesting. I've absolutely loved it, and and congratulations on all your work that you've done so far. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with all the people I love in our community, and just like hopefully coming out to Ibiza in uh, October to do a retreat. Oh, lovely! I'll keep you posted. About Please that do. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs>